Broadway Sports Media. I hate Corey Davis. Corey Davis yeah. is going to be awful. He's probably going to be out for the year. Welcome to Football and Other Efforts. My name is Zach Lyons. I am filling in on hosting duties for Michael Gillum, who is currently out with back pain. He is questionable to return next week. But for now, I am joined by, as always, Mike Herndon at Mike Miracles on Twitter, and I am on at FWordsPod on Twitter. And we are both brought to you by BroadwaySportsMedia.com. Right now, we are in all-access pass mode. We have it for $9.99. They get you all the podcasts, all the videos, all the articles, everything you need to know about Nashville sports. BroadwaySportsMedia.com. You can read articles from John Glennon, Christopher Martell, everybody. It is awesome. It's well worth the $10 a month. So head over to BroadwaySportsMedia.com today. Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Zach. I'm, uh, football season is really, really close now. We are officially uh, within a week of uh, actual NFL games kicking off, and that's, uh, that brings a big smile to my face. I mean, we are recording on Tuesday morning, so we are officially 13 days away from Monday night football, Titans versus Broncos. It's, it's, we ha- I had my first fantasy football draft, and you were there, uh, of the season on Sunday night, and it still felt surreal to just do that after everything going on in the world. But I am so excited for some football I, I crave it. I watched the Austin P. Um, I've already forgotten who they played. Uh, uh, Central, yeah, Arkansas. Central Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I watched that game, and it had some. It had some good, good football moments. People just it's... drilling people and tackling. There was long runs. It was everything you could want. Like those two little schools, they sure did <laughs> deliver. And I am so happy that they did. Mike, did you watch the game? I did. I did watch most of the game. I didn't watch every second of it, but uh, I did. I did catch a big chunk of it. And uh, yeah, it was just fun to see football back on the TV screen. And I never realized how much I missed preseason NFL football until we were doing our fantasy draft this past weekend. And I'm sitting there going, I really would have liked to see some of these guys on the field, even if it was just in practice games. You know, like uh, it, it, there's just something about even the Hall of Fame game is as bad as that is from a football quality standpoint, just seeing guys on the field in the uniforms is fun. And that's kind of what my biggest thing from the Austin P Central Arkansas game was. It was just fun to see football again. And, and it actually turned out to be a pretty good competitive game. So that helps. Uh, well, now I kind of realize, you know, I kind of wish I was into high school football, right? I mean, I'm not one of those guys that's into high school football, but high school football in Tennessee has played. There's been a few games around the area and everything. And now I kind of wish I was into high school football. So I would have watched those games. So I'm wondering would I've gotten some good little excitement and extra joy in my life if I would have been into high school football. Do you follow high school football at all? 
Listen, I did. So I, I have uh, I've loosely followed high school football around the Nashville area for years. Um, I'm not super into college recruiting and that kind of stuff, which I feel like is a lot of the people that are really into high school football. Um, but I did actually tune into the uh, Mount Juliet. Um, uh, who are they playing? Um, Stewart's Creek game the other night that was on my tv 30 with uh our friends over at uh 104.5 uh the zone and they uh uh watching mount juliet and and those guys kind of go at it and mount juliet stomped them i mean it wasn't a very competitive game in the second half but it was i did i i enjoyed just watching some football and you know high school football has changed so much since uh since we were in high school my team, uh, you know, John Overton High School in Nashville, uh, were a two tight ends. Maybe, maybe we get one receiver on the field uh, for a play, um, but we were two tight ends, uh, wing back and a tailback, and running the ball. Pretty much, we would throw the throw the ball maybe two or three times a game. Those were trick plays, uh, passes. So it's changed so much, and now all these guys run the spread and. It, it looks a lot more like you see on college, you know, uh, weekend football. So, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed it. And I'm actually planning on uh, going to a couple games this year uh, on some Friday nights. Well, look at you. Well, you are – I mean, not to give away too much, Sue. I don't want your stalkers <laughs> and fans to come find you. But you're pretty close to the Mount Juliet High School. So, there's no reason that if you're interested in uh, – being someone in your community and all that, that you can't pop over for a few games. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. So friend, friend of the show, uh, Chris Alexander is going to be joining me for a big Gallatin Mount Juliet game. In oh man. Weeks, so yeah. that'd be, that'd be nice. Yeah. Are y'all going to tailgate? We are going to tailgate. We're going to oh, do no. it up. <laughs> well, that will be your last game, uh, high school game to attend. So. Likely, <laughs> likely. I'll be uh, banned. Let's get into a little, I just want to say one thing no preseason that means that people are missing time where they can get some on-field experience and speaking of people missing time we have Darrington Evans and Christian Fulton who as of yesterday have both missed I believe five or more straight days of training camp I think five with the breaks um valuable time being that's a shortened off season what is your level of concern for each of those rookies in their development process so I, I think I think you have to be concerned. I, I'm I guess I'm less concerned about Fulton than I am uh Evans from a dismissed time standpoint. Um to me it seemed like Fulton was pretty much based on the limited information that we've had out of training camp, looks like he's gonna play a lot of snaps in the slot. Um so it may just be that you know he maybe tweaked something they want to be super careful make sure that he's 100 percent ready to go by week one but if if he couldn't play for whatever reason that's why you went and got jonathan joseph right he's he's a guy you know he's older he's not what he used to be but he can give you some snaps and he's not gonna he's not gonna bust coverages and just be all over the place out there so um i'm a little less concerned about him evans obviously there's less depth behind Evans. Um, and, you know, we'll talk about it in a minute. They went out and added a little depth there, but um, I, I did want to uh, 
share a little tidbit on Evans while we're, we're there from uh, the Peter King piece. I, did you read the, the Peter King uh, Titans? I did. Article. It was very, uh, very good. And also his blurb about Art Smith. Oh, yes. Yeah, no, he's he's very high on Art Smith, called him a top five uh, play caller in the NFL right now, which is really high praise uh, when you consider some of the guys that are doing it. Andy Reid, Kyle Shanahan, uh, Sean McVay, you know, he's putting that he's putting Arthur Smith up in that realm, uh, which is is incredible. Um, But I think it's fair. He's not the only person that I've seen say that either. Evan Silva also has has been in that kind of mindset with Arthur Smith and thinks he's going to be a head coach soon. But uh, the bit on Evans that was interesting from that piece, I thought, uh, you know, he called Evans a potential X factor um for the titans offense saying that you know if 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 they're able to get something out of him that they had hoped they were going to get out of Deion lewis um previously that, that he could be a big difference maker and they could use him all over the field and apparently someone close to the titans told peter king it's not could be it's it's an is situation and do you saying, think that was darrington evans <laughs> well, it, it, that would be close to the Titans. That is fair. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I think that quote got me a little bit more excited to see about what they're going to do with Darrington Evans because we know he played some receiver in in college uh, briefly. Um, so are we going to see him maybe get some snaps split out wide? Are we going to see some creative two-back uh, kind of stuff with Evans and Henry on the field together. Uh, I think all that stuff is in play, and I'm really excited now to see kind of what they have in mind for a Darrington Evans package in this offense now. Yeah, I'm I'm a little concerned about the development of Darrington Evans because if he is going to be used that way, that means that there's more that he's going to have to learn, and to be able to learn that, you have to be at practice. Um, exactly. It, it's it sucks, and I know it sucks for someone like him who all of these rookies that we've drafted have that drive and desire in their background to succeed at the at the NFL level, and they want to be the best. They want to practice. So you know, uh, particularly from what I've read about Darrington Evans, what I've seen on the field, you know, in his history, you know it's killing him not being out there. So um, it, it happens – I mean, Corey Davis missed a lot um, uh, his first year. I mean, we just see it almost every every rookie year. We see people that are sitting out or missing time due to the conditioning level. Conditioning for the NFL is just totally different for than what you are conditioned for in college. Um, and, and it's hard on these guys, too, because they're coming from the – pre-draft circuit and getting ready for the combine and stuff like right. that so they're not even doing their normal football training early in the offseason yeah. it, it's a it being a rookie in the nfl is tough and and covid you know those limitations too pro- doesn't help either but i'm with you darrington evans was always going to wind wind up lining up out wide at some point because i've we just saw it in college and we know didn't he call him Kamara-esque, Alvin Kamara-esque or something? He did. He, did. he called him uh, a poor man's Alvin Kamara, yeah. which, I mean, let's hey. let's see. Let's see. Yeah. He might not be that poor. Yeah. I think there's a lot to him. I think there's a lot they could do with him in different packages. He, they can have him and Derrick Henry out in the field. Christian Fulton, I'm like you, I'm not too concerned about. 
especially with the Ma- great camp that Malcolm Butler's already having, he seems to be has a fire lit under him that we have not seen yet in Tennessee. But speaking of the depth behind these positions, Jeremy McNichols just got signed. Just real quick, it's just a third running back insurance policy, right? Nothing more. Yeah, it's a guy that knows the system. Showed some stuff last year. I mean, if it, you know, there's, I think he was probably pretty close to making the roster last season. Um, they ended up going with Dalen Dawkins, I think, uh, for special teams reasons more than anything. Um, but I think uh, there's there's a decent shot he actually does make the roster, especially if Evans' injury is something that's going to linger into that first week. Uh, potentially, because um, they'll want – McNichols can do a lot of the stuff that they want Evans to give you as far as has a receiver background, does – you know, is a little bit more of a shifty, speedy runner. Um, so I think it's a really nice pickup. I've always liked Jeremy McNichols um, from a skill set standpoint. So I was glad to see him back, and apparently he's been getting some reps pretty high in the rotation already. Obviously, with Evans being out, there's a, a little bit of a hole behind Henry – uh, to fill, but um, it sounds like McNichols might be that guy right now. Well, we got kicker news, Mike, and yeah, everybody loves news. talking about kickers. <laughs> uh, we are interested in kicking the tires on um, Stephen Guskowski and Stephen Hauschka. Um, I was a little surprised by this because it's so late in the game, and here's why. Is that for all intents and purposes, outside of you know the really long kicks, these guys have been fairly accurate. I've, I know that there's, like I guess, some knuckleball issues, and they're a little bit wobbly, according to training camp reports. But this – I love the Nashville media, but they love to pull the fire alarm on kickers. I've never seen anything like it before. The If some of these media members could have 13 kickers on this roster, I think they would allow 13 kickers to be rostered. Give us your take on the Hauschka-Gostowski thing. Will one of those be brought in for competition? And what do you think of the current kickers on the roster? Because I, I got some stats I want to throw out once you get done. Okay. All right. I, I would say I'm – Far more interested in Guskowski than Hauschka. Um, Hauschka has been fine, but the last couple years has has not been very good um, for him. So, and he just got beat out by a rookie kicker. So, I, I just don't think I don't think Hauschka is where I would go if I'm if I'm picking. But it, it, Guskowski does have some interest to me because he's been doing it at high level for a long time. He was he was pretty good. Uh, the last few seasons in New England, um, it's not like he's fallen off a huge cliff. He did have uh, the injury last year, and obviously you don't want to put yourself back in a Ryan Suckup situation where you have an injured kicker that doesn't ever get that pop uh, back in his leg um, like Suckup didn't last year. Um, but he does he does have some interest to me. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you. I don't know what Greg Joseph has to do to – earn a little bit of respect from the media in this fan base. Honestly, the guy has literally made every kick that he has taken in a Titans uniform. Yes. Night or 18 of them were extra points, but he made all 18 of those and he made his one field goal attempt. You can't do better than that. And then he's come into camp and he's hit. I think it, the number I saw the other day was 
like 43 of 47 or something like that in, in sessions that have been open to the media, right? So unless he's just been awful in these closed sessions that the media hasn't seen, which obviously nobody would know that, how, what has he done to deserve all this nitpicking? He was pretty good in his one season as the Browns kicker. Um, and then he was perfect last year. So, I mean, what, what, what does Greg Joseph need to do? Well, here's the thing. If the, the big misses are coming from 58 yards and those big long ones, the last time that Steven Kostowski made a th- anything remotely close to a 58-yarder was back in 2017 when he made a 62-yarder. Since then, his long has been 52, and last year his long kick was 41. And he didn't even attempt a 50-yarder last year. I, I don't know if he was ever in position to, but that just seems a little odd. He didn't even attempt one. And then Stephen Hauschka was one for five at 50-plus last year. One for five. I don't know if hiring either of these guys at their age and at this stage in their career really is an upgrade. I know that their names are recognizable, and you know I think that's where – I guess to be a good kicker in the NFL among Titans fans, you have to have a recognizable name. That's, that's all that's I can. That's the most important thing. It's the most important thing is name recognition. That name recognition will overcome and the all the puppy dogs and rainbows from having Steven Gustowski will suddenly make let him make a fifty-eight yard kick. Like let's, I'm with you. Like we have Tucker McCann. They believe this special team staff believe in Tucker McCann. Greg Joseph has, like you said, has made every kick, and we know that it's not all the kicks have been great and of great length, but let's give him a shot at least. I mean, it, nobody else is kicking down the door for Steven Gostowski. If, if, if he suck, if I think this is what it boils down to is that if Greg Joseph and Tucker McCann are horrible in the regular season, we now know what these guys can bring to the table and we can bring them in. I don't think it's going to be a signing before the um, – Regular season starts. So, let's get into the 50 – let's first, before we get to the 53-man roster projection, we'll just start with defense on it. Let's talk about pass rush and Vic Beasley and where we stand as how many outside linebackers are we going to carry into camp. Will we see Vic Beasley on game day in 13 days? And what about Clowney, bud? <laughs> So it's getting really late in the game, right? I mean, like you said, we are uh, very, very close um, to kickoff now. And we're almost to the point where, you know, teams are starting to put in actual game plan uh, for week one. Um, And we still have not seen Vic Beasley on the field. Uh, Jadavian Clowney is apparently still waiting for somebody to panic and sign him. Um, And I don't know. I I don't think – I don't know. We're, we're getting pretty close to the, the time where you're like, all right, maybe week one just isn't meant to be for, for either of those guys. Um, so I think the Titans are probably going to go heavy at outside linebacker because of this Vic Beasley thing. I mean, you're probably not going to cut him because there's guaranteed money involved and stuff like that. And uh, honestly, if they if they wanted to cut him, keeping him on this NFI list, 
uh, and not paying him is really the way to, uh, to go with that from a money standpoint. Um, but I do think they probably go heavy. Now, the good news is you've got a guy like Wyatt Ray um, who has come in and really flashed, apparently, um, was a you know, middle-of-camp signing. Um, Harold Landry's former teammate at, at Boston College Apparently, Wyatt Ray's played pretty well uh, in this camp, and I think he could be, like, the sixth guy. I think you've got Landry, you've got Beasley. You know, we'll see what happens with him. He's going to be on the roster one way or another. Um, You've got Correa, Walker, Roberson, and I think Wyatt Ray maybe is that sixth guy that they keep um, just to have an extra guy around with the Beasley situation still being unclear. What what were your thoughts? Well, we did see that Buck Rising of A to Z Sports. Uh, he was on 3HL yesterday. He saw Vic Beasley on a bike at training camp on wow. Monday. That's big. That is pretty big because so far, Vic Beasley has not been seen, I don't think, by any of the local media. I, I, I'm pretty convinced that half of them probably don't even think that he exists. I definitely am sure that 90% of our fan base does not think he exists, but he is in Nashville. He was on an elliptical, and he's training. That's a good step in the right direction, and I think we're going to see Vic Beasley in pads some point this week. I think it's going to happen. I think he's in that next stage, and – and I think that Vrabel's going to have to get him out there, which means we should get my favorite pastime, PK asking questions to Vic Beasley, Paul Karski asking questions to Vic Beasley, and it will be glorious. It will be must-listen radio, must-see Zoom, whatever it is on. It is going to be so good. And I am so interested to see how he takes because I think that will tell you a lot about what you what kind of mindset Vic Beasley's in because there's been reports that Vic Beasley is wanting to be a preacher and start up a mega church in Atlanta after it's all done and you know how much is his heart in the game of football it will be so interesting to see how he handles the questions but I'm with you I think we do carry go a little bit heavy on outside linebackers because there's other positions that we normally would probably go a little heavy on that we're not going to have to because we actually have quality depth behind those in those spots. So let's stick with defense. Let's go to safety. We have Kevin Byard. We have Kenny Vaccaro. We have Dane Crookshank, Amani Hooker. Chris Jackson's kind of a hybrid. Oh, do you see a fourth or fifth safety that I'm, we're not mentioning? Is that where you would put Kalu? Yeah, so that's where I've got uh, Kalu. I, I think Ibrahim Campbell's another guy that, that nobody's really talked about much, but he's a um, guy that's been in the league for a little bit and, and was a pretty good special teams player, I believe, for the Packers um, last season. So I think Campbell is a guy that could make the roster. I think there's a lot of competition in that secondary right now, and there's a lot of guys that are – really good special teamers uh, in that group. I mean, we know Crookshank's a really good special teamer. Um, we know Kalu's got some special teams ability. Uh, guys like Ty Smith, Chris Milton at quarter cornerback 
are really good on teams work. And that's, that's really the reason we keep talking about special teams so much with these kind of guys are that's what you need out of these back of the roster pieces. I mean, you know, Dory Jackson and Malcolm Butler aren't going to be running down covering kicks. Um, now Kevin Byer does actually do that. Sometimes he he's been on the punt team for years. Um, and that's because that's something that they, that he likes to do and they uh, trust him to do safely. Um, but yeah, a lot of these guys that are on the bottom of the roster need to be your big core special teams guys. So I, I think Chris Jackson, from what I've seen uh, out there, has impressed enough that I think he probably sticks. I think it comes down to Kalu or Campbell or Milton, which Milton really is more of a cornerback, but he's apparently had a nice camp too. Um, but doesn't it have to be Kalu? Like, doesn't it? Has to be Kalu. Like I know that it his has whole to season, be. the whole that he had made some of the biggest plays on special teams last year. Like, doesn't He's a it good have special to be teamer, But Milton was really good on special teams too before he got hurt. The, the injury kind of destroyed Milton's season uh, last year, but he had some really nice special teams plays as well. It, the Titans have a good problem in the special teams department, I think, because they've got a lot well, of guys. I, I was told that J-Rob, John Robinson, has done a horrible job developing special teamers by uh, not getting enough quality <laughs> undrafted free agents. Ridiculous statement on a level from 1 to 10 being 1, oh, that's a pretty reasonable statement, or 10 being that is the most ridiculous thing i've ever heard of where do you land it's an eight that's an eight i I, I lean almost nine like i'm like 8.8 8.9 like let's talk about all things to be critique someone on is that the fact that first off he has gotten a lot of viable undrafted free agents that have contributed they may not have contributed on special teams oh no not special i mean they actually contributed in other ways that are actually more important than contributing on special teams and then, like, let's get real. I mean, not having a lot of undrafted free agents go th- and be on your roster is actually a good thing. It's definitely it's actually a, good a good thing because we got quality. We got fifty-three quality NFL players that weren't required to be an undrafted free agent to fill a spot. Yes, absolutely. And and let's let's talk about where I don't want to go down too much down the rabbit hole because we got no, other positions. No. But just real uh, quick. But yeah, so the the comment came. I think it was it had to do with when they signed Will Compton, right? Yeah. So they bring in Will Compton, um, you know, obviously friend of the show, uh, Will Compton, and he uh, is likely going to be competing with Kale Garrett for that last inside linebacker spot. And the, you know, everybody's upset that we can't find another Will Compton, and that Kale Garrett couldn't turn out to be that Will Compton. Which first, we don't know yet. I mean that that competition isn't settled i think compton ends up taking that that last inside linebacker spot i don't think they would have brought him in otherwise um but i yeah i mean undrafted free agents are the the malcolm butlers are so rare i mean you do you can name a few of them around the league that turn out to be like you know starters high level starters um but that is super rare. And you got a guy like Kareem Orr, who I like and who I've got currently on the back of the roster. Now, this injury that he's had the past uh, week or two probably hurts his chances a little bit to make the roster. But I do think Kareem Orr has a chance to end up being a guy that can play for this team and, and play on defense, not just 
uh, as a special team role. So I, I do think they are, they're getting those kind of guys in. Well, uh, Isaiah we Mack, Roberson, Furster. Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, Furster I mean, wasn't their undrafted free agent. He, got, he came from another undrafted free agent. But him and Khalif Raymond, both undrafted free agents yes. that – they brought in off and these other Kari, teams. Kari Blossing game. I mean, who cares if you're the first one to get them into camp? I mean, yeah. it's not like they paid a bunch of money or had to give up assets to get these guys. They came in on the same minimum deal that a UDFA would. So, yeah, I'm, yeah, miss me with that. That's Okay, that's so nonsense. inside linebacker, you have five, which, which is going to be Jayon Brown, Rashawn Evans, Nick DeSunbar, um, Will Long. Compton, and David Long. Yeah, yeah and I think that's almost unquestionably – the group that they go with defensive um, back you have Adoree jackson christian fulton malcolm butler jonathan joseph how many more do you have and who are those guys so for corner i've got those four plus i've still got kareem Moore on here which not knowing the severity of that injury it, it makes it kind of tough because i think if or isn't going to be healthy for week one I don't think they're going to carry him on the roster with an injury I don't I don't think he's that much better than than some of these other guys that they're going to stash him with an injury on there um so I think if he's hurt I think your next guy up is either Ty Smith or Chris Milton and I'd actually give the nod to Milton uh just slightly uh, and you're getting rid of all the good special teamers people are going to be highly upset look there's a lot of good special teamers on this roster now. So I, I think it's going to be tough. You're going to get rid of somebody who's got some potential here. Well, I disagree with Kalu. I think Kalu's a lock, and I think Ty Smith's a lock. And what, where do you put Chris Jackson? Is he going to count towards the defensive backs or count towards the safeties? I, I put him with the safeties for now, but I, I, he's really – you could you could look at everybody besides Bayard and Vicaro, and really, I mean, they could do it. They just, I mean, they're starters at safety. Um, everyone behind those those guys at the safety spot, Hooker, Crookshank, Jackson, Kalu, even Campbell, the, all of these guys can play multiple roles. Um, and really, all of those guys, except for Campbell, can play some corner and have played some corner. Um, so I think uh, – I think it's a very versatile group, and I, I do think Jackson ends up finding a spot on the team. I think I think they like him. Defensive line is pretty weak, but it's also pretty going to be pretty easy to run through. We got Jeffrey Simmons, we have Isaiah Mack, we have Daquan Jones, and we have Larell Murchison. I don't know about Isaiah Mack. Isaiah Mack makes it. I'll put money. I'll put money on it. Isaiah Mack makes it. He was just getting interviewed on Zoom yesterday. You don't put people that aren't going to make the team on Zoom. Well, anyway. I am going with that. Those four, and then uh, who's the guy from uh, London? Um, uh, Jack Crawford. Oh yeah, Jack Crawford. I think he may make it. I'm not totally sure. Wait, you're, Who, you're, who's your who's your guys? All right, Jeffrey Real Simmons. Quick, we got a whole Jones. offense to go. Je- Jeffrey Simmons, Daquan Jones, Jack Crawford. I think are locks. Uh, Larell Murchison, I think, is is pretty much a lock unless he's been terrible at camp, which I haven't heard anything like that. Um, and then I think it comes down to Dickerson, Ivy, and Mac. And honestly, I could see any of those three making it. Um, I gave the nod to Dickerson last time just based on experience and, and time in the system. Um, I think they do like Ivy a good bit. He played both. See, the, the reason I've got those two guys over Mac, and the reason I don't think Mac's necessarily a lock, 
Dickerson and Ivy were playing over Mac in the playoffs last year. Those were the two guys that were up uh, behind Simmons and Casey and Jones um, in that group. And so I think that's a little bit telling as far as where they were at last time we saw them on the field. So I, I think there's some question there at the back, but those top four of Simmons, Jones, Crawford, Murchison, I think are relatively safe. All right, so let's head to the offensive side of the ball. Quarterback, are we going to keep three quarterbacks on the 53? Is it 55 or 53-man roster? It's 53. Okay, 53-man um, so roster. Are we keeping three quarterbacks? I don't know. I, I have projected three quarterbacks the whole time. I think I'll probably stick with that um, because I do think the COVID – the looming specter of COVID behind the, the whole backdrop of this makes it to where having an extra quarterback is probably a good idea. Just in case, if you even get a false positive on a, whatever the last day they're going to test is, I think it's actually going to be Friday is their last test before game day. But what if you, if you get a false positive on Friday and then they're not able to get it corrected or whatever, for whatever reason, um, you know, you don't want to be down to one quarterback on the roster for a game. Um, so I think you're going to end up have to keep all three of these guys. And I think you'll be in pretty good shape with this group. I don't think they're going to keep all three. I think you're ridiculous. Trevor Simeon's <laughs> going to go kick rocks and he can hit the, hit the skids. Um, running back. We have Derek Henry, Kari blasting game, Darrington Evans, and I'm sure Jeremy McNichols at this point, right? Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure on McNichols. I think he's likely the fourth if they keep four, but it wouldn't shock me if they only kept three, three there. Gotcha. Uh, wide receiver, pretty easy for once in our lives. We, we pretty much know what's going to happen. Corey well, Davis. We know four. Yeah. Corey Davis, AJ Brown, uh, David or Adam Humphreys, Khalif Raymond. Yep. I'm going with Rashard Davis and another person. I'm thinking six wide receivers. Yeah, I, I could see six wide receivers potentially. Um, I, I think Rashard Davis is right there. Cameron Batson is right there. And then I think the other guy is Cody Hollister to watch. And Cody Hollister has some size on him, and I think that gives him a real chance to make this roster, even over a Rashard Davis, um, just because he brings a little something different from what Raymond does as, as kind of a backup receiver. Uh, offensive line, uh, pretty much the starting five is starting five. We know that Dennis Kelly is kind of floating around out there as well. Uh, any offensive lineman that you really are dying to talk about that you think is going to make this roster? No, I think it's it's obviously Lawan Saffold, Jones, Davis, uh, Kelly Wilson, uh, definitely our locks. I think Jamil Douglas is a lock. Uh, I think Tyson Brelo is a likely, and then I think they probably keep one more, and it might be David Questenberry. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's a group that we're very familiar with at this point. Yeah. Tied in, who is Jeff, is Jeff Swaim going to make it? And if he does, who's the odd man out? I think Jeff Swaim does make it, but I think they keep four. I, I think they keep – uh, Johnny Smith, Anthony Ferkser, Michael Pruitt, and Jeff Swain, um, which gives you two guys that are really kind of move tight ends in Smith and Ferkser, and then you've got two guys that are more blocking in-line types in Pruitt and Swain. So I, I think as many tight ends as this team uses, and they led the NFL in uh, 13 personnel uh, with three tight ends on the field last year. They were third in the NFL in 12 personnel with two tight ends on the field last year. They play their tight ends a lot. I think they're going to keep four 
core and have some depth there. Well, and they also all bring different things to the table, right? I mean, you know, not all of them are pass catchers and not all of them are explosive with the ball. So it creates a lot of mismatches when you have multiple people out there at, that are giant human beings like they are. Absolutely. Uh, so, okay. So, Wait, when we specialists. What? Specialist, how are you oh going to leave off God. the kickers? I thought we've already talked about the kickers. <laughs> Brett Kern is going to be. Hey, Brett Kern's going to make it. Bo Bradley is going to make it. One kicker or two kickers? <laughs> One kicker. Okay. One kicker. Although going to Joseph. There are teams that are keeping two kickers. Apparently, the Bears yeah. are going with two kickers all season. Well, they also have ten tight ends, so we probably shouldn't be doing what the Bears do. <laughs> That's true. So I think it's Joseph. Yes. Okay. So. Let's get into some stuff, but before we do, we are brought to you by broadwaysportsmedia.com. 999 gets you all the articles, all the podcasts, everything you could ever want, video access, all that kind of stuff, articles on the Titans, Predators, National Soccer, and some fantasy football and gambling advice. So you're going to want to be subscribed as the season gets started. Yeah, you're when not the season gonna get gets the started. Breakdowns like, like we're going to have on there anywhere else. The best, best Titans breakdowns after the game, looking at this week, last week, everything on Broadway Sports Media. We're talking all 22 film breakdowns. Any, anything you want to know about the Titans, this website will have. BroadwaySportsMedia.com. It will be the most informative, most inclusive, it is the best Nashville website to get your Titans info to make you a smarter fan. So, speaking of fans, let's talk about fans jumping to conclusions a little too early. And it's it's been running a little it's it's been that way on Titans Twitter for a while. But Years. yesterday I got we got these messages this uh thing from Kenneth at Texas Sports 1015 who tagged us both. You at Mike Miracles, me at F Word Spot. Which Titan issue is most concerning? And I kind of, I guess, just glazed over question two because it was sandwiched between two really good ones. The first one we already talked about, rookie Darrington Evans and Fulton missing practices in the pass rush because still no Vic Beasley or Clowney. This one I just, I guess, just decided not to read. Isaiah Wilson struggling and losing snaps to Ty Sambrillo. Have you read anything that Isaiah Wilson is struggling because this I, I seems like not. a total overreaction to Dennis Kelly yesterday being out and Ty Sambrillo getting some snaps with the one. The the only thing that I have seen was I, I know Buck had watched Isaiah a little bit at practice yesterday, I believe it was. Monday. And he yeah, and he talked about uh, him being uh, needing some technique work as far as he was standing up out of his stance and spending too much time on the ground, that kind of thing. Um, that's the only really negative thing that I've seen on Wilson. So I'm not sure where all this is coming from. I, I don't know. I, I think maybe this is like a stray tweet that got blown up into oh my god he's struggling and now he's being bent for Ty Sambrello like this 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 is the stuff we're talking about like do not overreact to one tweet or one bad practice a guy can have a bad practice without getting benched and becoming a bust because other than that it's all been a plus reports for Isaiah Wilson so it's like this one bad this one bad moment in a practice it doesn't, it doesn't even necessarily mean it's a bad practice this one bad moment has totally got fans thinking that Isaiah Wilson is struggling. Like, 
that's that's not the case when you look at the myriad of other practices he's participated in. And the other thing is, is that when typically when a starter is sitting out, that means other people are going to get the the first team reps because in a game situation, if I, if Dennis Kelly's out and Isaiah Wilson goes out with injury, Tyson Brillo needs to have some experience at that position, right? I mean, it just makes sense to prepare. It's not like he's benching, he's pushing Isaiah Wilson for that number two right tackle spot. He's not even pushing them at all. I mean, he's just they're being a good team and being prepared. And and yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't think you should read anything into that at this point. I, that's that's jumping way too far down the rabbit hole. And that's one of those things that I think comes with not having preseason because a lot of times, you know, you, you get these practice reports. And I, and I've been out there before, and I've tried to give uh practice reports in previous seasons when I, I was able to get out there uh and and visit St. Thomas Sports Park but you as a media member or as a fan watching practice you can only watch certain things so it's going to depend on what you're looking for and what you put out that day right so if I'm looking at I, if I say I want to focus on the offensive line this today um that's what i'm going to be able to put out but i'm not going to have any any clue what's going on in the defensive backfield you just can't watch all 90 or you know this year 80 players at the same time is it's impossible so you know people will put out something and you know apparently yesterday it was isaiah wilson day uh for for somebody in the media who was putting some stuff out and i, I think somebody just took it and ran with it and that's why you just can't take this stuff and run with it you're getting a snapshot of a snapshot uh, when you see these training camp reports and you have to be really careful about taking them as the gospel of this is exactly what's happening. I think preseason games used to be good for that because you could actually see some of the rotation with this guy's coming in and, you know, at this spot, at this point in the preseason, you kind of get an idea of what the pecking order is at that point. But yeah, training camp reports, take them all with a grain of salt. Yeah, I couldn't I, I sent this in multiple, you know, group chats and I'm like, did I did I miss something that <laughs> that Isaiah Wilson is struggling? I mean, I just feel like that hasn't been the case. So it seems like one practice report has gotten blown up and that's they love it. They love to take that one little comment and say, The sky is falling. We need there's, more right tackles. Give us more right tackles. There's a segment of the Titans fan base that is not happy unless everything is just going to hell right I mean you've got uh I had a guy uh Rabel's first season with the Titans the Titans and they started uh 0-2 and, and then they got destroyed by the Steelers in the third uh preseason game preseason game and I was getting fire Mike Vrabel now tweets after three preseason games, these are not, he had not coached his first NFL game, and people were already wanting to fire him. So there is definitely a contingent out there that is kind of the chicken little brigade, and, and every time any negative or somewhat negative, or even sometimes if a positive report comes out, uh, it could be, wow, Harold Landry looks great at practice today. Their immediate follow-up will be, wow, are our tackles really that bad? I mean, it, it is constantly you know, looking at the negative. And, well, and that's we know true. Isaiah Wilson's not making a 53-man roster based on projections <laughs> yesterday. So speaking right. of dumpster fires, because Isaiah Wilson is apparently a dumpster fire <laughs> pick and fired J-Rob, the Jacksonville Jaguars 
Oh my God. Just unceremoniously released Leonard Fournette yesterday after trading away Yannick Ngakwe, who's taken less money to go to the Minnesota Vikings. How bad is this team? And this team with draft picks, I mean, obviously this team is not very good with their draft picks. It's the same GM they've always had. You got five minutes. Go in on the Jaguars, Mike. Listen, this is – NFL players, you know, you hear all the time, all right, it's about the money. It's, it's going to come down to the money in free agency, right? Yannick Ngakwe took, at the end of the day, it's going to end up being about $6 million less to not play in Jacksonville. He was going to get – all he had to do, and they'd already given him the franchise tender and everything, all he has to do is sign the franchise tender with Jacksonville, and he gets $17.8 million guaranteed for the 2020 season. He instead decided, I don't want to do that. I want to force my way out. He goes to the Vikings. They sign him to a one-year $12 million deal. So he goes from $17.8 million for this year to – a $12 million deal, and he's not getting a, a guarantee that they can't franchise tag him next year. He's not getting any of that. He is getting nothing but his $12 million in a one-year deal. He, is, he literally said, I will pay $6 million to not play here this year, and that's exactly what he's doing. I've never seen that happen before in the NFL, and it's a uh, in, in the reaction from Jalen Ramsey, I mean, acting, you know, he, he comes out on Twitter and is talking about, I'm so happy for you to finally be out of there, uh, you know, and all this stuff. Jacksonville is the biggest dumpster fire in the NFL, and it's not even close. Like, I, I know the Redskins are, have, you know, oh. Oh, sorry, the Washington football team has their problems. Um, but, man, Jacksonville is a mess, at least on the field. They're the bigger bigger issue. The football team has off-field issues. Uh, Jacksonville has on-field issues, and it is a total nightmare. I tweeted out a picture of uh, a promo photo that the Jaguars were using. I think it was actually maybe two seasons ago. I, but I it believe was it was 2018. Um, had Jalen Ramsey, Calais Campbell, A.J. Bouye, uh, Leonard Fournette and Yannick Ngakwe as the five guys they were promoting in the Jaguars' new uniforms, zero of them are currently on the football team. That is exactly how bad this thing has gotten there. I mean, if you're the GM, if you're David Caldwell and you're um, – what's his name? What's uh, the coach's name? Anyway, Doug the head coach. Yeah, Doug Marone. And your Gardner Minshew. Isn't the writing on the wall for all three of you? Because if it's not – and getting these picks does nothing for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They are horrible at the draft. It shows you don't have any of your first-round picks, right? All their first-round picks from, like, all the way up to 2018, I believe, are gone. Yeah, and you got to love the reports, too, with Fournette. I mean, it's not even just like they got mad and cut him. They tried for months to trade him. Doug Marone even came out and said, we couldn't get anything for him. We tried, you know, couldn't get a fifth, couldn't get a sixth, nothing. I don't know but. if I believe that, and here's why. The Jets just tried to trade a conditional seventh for Kalen Balazs, and then yesterday – the Panthers traded Andre Smith for a conditional 2023rd seventh round pick <laughs> to the Bills. So 
I, I just think that the Jaguars are really bad at their job. I don't know if I can trust what these people say. And that comes back to, around to Yannick, who said the same thing. He can't, you can't trust the Khan family. You can't trust Dave Caldwell. I don't know. I, I, this is a odd situation, and I'm, it couldn't happen to a nicer fan base. <laughs> Yeah, I, I do love that that group who was completely obnoxious after that run in, what was it, 2017? Yeah. Uh, when they went to the ASC Championship game. I do love that. I mean, they I could not go on Twitter without getting Jaguars fans all over my mentions yelling about something. Uh, Duval, all this stuff. I could not go on Twitter without hearing from those people. I haven't heard a peep from them in two-plus years now. And, um, yeah, I wonder where they all went. Uh, they're, they're probably drowning their, their tears in alligator juice or whatever they drink down in Jacksonville. <laughs> that will do it for us. This has been Football and Other Efforts. What a glorious episode it was. We covered all kinds of topics topics and you know for a low price of $9.99 you can head over to broadwaysportsmedia.com and get even more Titans info than your brain can handle your eyeballs cannot handle this much Titans info Nashville sports info we have the Predators we have Nashville Soccer Club it's $9.99 and if you want to go ahead and buy two your whole year up front you get two months free that's pretty inexpensive let's get it going guys it's time to get, make Nashville sports better. And that's what Broadway Sports Media is doing. Your coverage is going to be all-inclusive, all-access pass to all 22s, film reviews, everything. Head over to broadwaysportsmedia.com. Get your membership. It is time to become a Broadway pro, people. For Mike Herndon of Mike, uh, at Mike Miracles at Music City Miracles and Broadway Sports Media, I don't know why I keep referencing that ever website. Please change your name from Mike Miracles to something else. I am Zach Lyons. You can follow me at Pod For Michael Gillum, who you can follow at Mr. Lebowski. This has been Football and Other F-Words. You have just been f A Broadway Sports Media Production.